you know, Super Bowl has to be the number one thing that you think about when you come to work every day. For sure. Opinion. No doubt. And so to be around a, a big umbrella of those guys and learn from those guys, what better way to, to do that? You know, for me, performance is all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. It's not just weight room. It's nutrition. It's all of it. And so for me, like, I'm very excited about being able to, to work with these guys. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode number 155. It's the final one of this offseason before training camp. I'm your host, Tatum Everett. We've got producer Jay Nelson here today, but we also have Gabe Henderson here after back. a few-week hiatus. How's it going? It's going. Feel rested? Uh, I feel like a grown-up. Bought a house. There you go. Figured out how to fix a garage. Figured out how to break a TV. Um, and then figured out how to make it back to work in one piece. So everything is good. Wow. I think you strategically broke the TV so you could get a bigger one. <laughs> oh, yeah. so you didn't actually fix it. You bought a bigger one? I bought a bigger one. Oh, See? yeah. <laughs> that was a good guess on my end. I I, I understand that mentality. Yeah, no. Oops, I... this one fell. <laughs> no, we, got... we have to get the 84 uh, You know, I... I know Julia. She's not dim. She knew. Oh, she told me to get it. Oh, there you go. See? That's another story for another day. But we uh, <laughs> we basically figured out a way to put some stuff in the house in areas that she didn't get mad. So I that visit there. That is the key to happiness. I visit the house <laughs> uh, every night and I come to work every day. She lives there. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I might have to start using that in my house. Hey, I like uh, that. That's the thing for the two of you. You, you now have mm-hmm. new dwellings that you get to kind of <laughs> yeah. figure out whose room is whose, who gets to you know decorate and deal with everything else. And I know any females that are yeah. listening right now can totally relate to this one. I said you can have a room to put all of your sports stuff, all of your you know video game, nerdy kind of things like keep it all collectibles keep it all in one room as long as I get the bigger closet maybe another closet maybe an extra closet you know all that stuff man that's I I, I respect that from Josh because like <laughs> Julia knows I get the bigger closet but she gets everything else like wow. I have I have the most clo- I have the most clothes that's so funny of anybody that she's ever met so it's my closet, her house I am still living out of a wardrobe box we don't have enough things to hold the clothes yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know it's an older home See, I'm on the flip side. I've been in that house now for uh, 15 years, and I'm at the, we need to purge. we got to get rid of a lot of stuff. I mean, we stuff. really try to, but I think the biggest <laughs> the biggest thing I've noticed is, so I've been here a year, right? Josh has been here about two and a half years. We have like eight pairs of snowshoes. We have an entire clothing rack of snow jackets in the basement, and literally the closet in the basement is probably now 75% winter clothes. Oh, wow. We are those people. It's getting to that time of year, though. Don't tell me that. I just put them all away. Please don't tell me that. It's July. No. No, 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 no. Don't it's put, like, it's like don't campus put energy out there, Camp is starting. <laughs> camp is starting. The weather's going to start turning. No. At least we're hoping for it. Oh, it's going to be so hot at camp, though. It I really know. will. Welcome to camp that's, in Minnesota. You know, that happens every year. I enjoy year. that. I enjoyed like training camp being out there and getting a sweat on, seeing the fans, seeing everything happen. Like I, I look forward to that. It really does kind of bring it all together because we've been waiting for this for so long. Have we? I feel like we have because you think, well, I guess maybe because it's just <laughs> been talking season for so long yeah. and I'm really tired of talking season. Yeah. It's just like when, when training camp comes, it's just like a whirlwind of stuff. So, like, I look forward to, like, the 4th of July, and then after the week of the 4th of July, it's just like, can training camp come in, like, a month instead of two weeks? 
So like now that we're in it, it's just like it is what it is. No turning back. But like training camp, to your point, it is arguably the most fun time of the year. Everyone is back in business. We're all I mean, we got fans back here. I mean, especially after two years ago and not having fans and having fans for the first time back last year. But I feel like we'll be closer to 100 percent this year. We'll have that energy. There's been a lot of activation around training camp this year. So having all of that put together into a, a two or three week period, I think that the level of excitement does go up when you when you think about it from that perspective. Yeah, and the schedule is also located on vikings.com backslash training camp, because sometimes even I have to go to that website to kind of figure out, okay, what's this day? When's the night practice? What's the theme this day? Um, it's a great tool to use and buy your tickets, because as Gabe said, there's going to be so many opportunities to watch this team. It's an exciting time. Autographs return. Yep. You know, that's a big draw. That's a huge deal, and mm-hmm. I know that that's something that for years and years and years everyone always looked forward to in Mankato. When we came here, we were doing the autograph lines as well. Again, COVID changed everything for the last kind of couple of years, and they were trying to figure out what they were going to do in that realm. But that is one of the things that I also know, not, not only professionally, but personally, I would hear from people saying, well, you know, are they doing autographs this mm-hmm. year? It's a big deal, okay. and it's something fun because it's that that one personal moment they might get with a player that might stick with them for the rest of their lives. And I think, especially when you see kids in those lines and just kind of the smiles on their <laughs> face looking for those autographs, it's a huge deal. So it's great to see it coming back. And I know that they're they're working really hard to get people as much access as they can. And I think the autograph line is something that's going to be a huge, huge fun thing for people to be a part of. I feel like this might be um, a stupid question, but... The number one name out there that, that fans are going to get signed things is JJ, right? Yeah, Jay Nelson. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that too. Okay. Uh, the fact is, I mean, Justin has never done that before. Yeah. And so fans for the first time at training camp can, you know, any anyone drafted from 2020 on, this is this is it. This is they haven't really interacted with them necessarily like this in this capacity. Yeah, it's it's something that, you know, they they do a really good job in the planning stages of all this stuff, getting everything organized as much as possible and just trying to make sure that they have, you know, kind of the adequate amount of people and, and time and everything allotted for it. So if they're doing it in a similar fashion as, as previous years, that'll be something fun. And again, I mean, a guy like that, where else do you typically get access to him? You don't. And so yeah. for, for someone like him, I think it'll be fun for him, especially with the kids. I mean, there'll um, be so many 18 jerseys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. many. So it'll be it'll be fun to see that dynamic, uh, you know, when that happens. And I think there's just going to be a lot of people that are going to be really excited to be able to for have sure. that personal moment with players this year. I think on top of that, I'm just thinking of guys like the Cam Danslers of the world or the Patrick Petersons of the world that just got here the last two years. And they're just like, dude, we get a chance to be around fans also. I'm just thinking of Patrick Peterson in particular. Um, of course, we know the story of being in Arizona and then last year, things of being weird. So I think a lot of people understand that he's going to be a future Hall of Famer and now he's on our team. So it's like, oh, we get a chance to see JJ, but we also get a chance to see a future Hall of Famer and Patrick Peterson that we've been watching for for years and years. So I think just from kids to 25 or 30 year olds or grown men, they're going to be excited to see grown women. Also, they're going to be excited to see all these players <laughs> that are going to be here. So. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's fun for the entire family. Well, we're, we're going to get to training camp, talk a little bit about that in just a second. But this episode does have a really cool guest that we're having. We're really kind of putting a bow and wrapping up our big series with uh, coaching staff interviews of guys maybe that you haven't really heard too much from, especially since they're new from to the staff. But our one today is actually another carryover from the last couple of seasons. It is Assistant Director of Player Performance, Derek Keyes. And really, there's rarely a guy who knows the players better than Derek. He's 
always working with them, working on their performance as far as like, you know, if you listen to last week's podcast with Tyler Williams, it's their weight training, it's their overall health. And so um, I thought he was a really, really interesting interview. Yeah, I know he has the the title of assistant director of player performance, but a lot of people don't understand that he's a he's a life coach. Also, uh, these players really they're a magnet towards him because of the energy he brings. And I know he spends probably 90 percent of his time in the weight room, but the majority of his time is spent teaching these guys how to be grown men and be humans at life. So I think he, you need that. Like you, you need that it factor when it comes to a coach, because a lot of these guys, what they're millionaires, they come in, uh, the world is in their hands. You have to have somebody there, especially in the weight room that balances those guys out. And we know players spend most of their time in the weight room. 90% of their time is spent with the training staff and the weight training staff. The other 10% or 5% is spent on the field and the other 5% is spent in the, in the meeting room. So it's always great talking to him, especially a guy like this with with the resume. He was in Cleveland for, I think, eight years. I think he did some time in San Francisco. He has a, a long history of a track record of understanding how to connect to players and getting the most out of them. So hopefully that'll ultimately turn into a, a Super Bowl or at least a, a, a deep playoff run for this Vikings team. And looking forward to talking to him. I think the thing about Keys is that if you really think about the personnel that these guys work with, yeah, they do their, their off-season work outside of here with their own trainers and those kind of people. Keys and those guys are basically the people that make sure that the foundation is solid with these guys on a week-to-week basis throughout the season, let alone for the off-season and setting their kind of their regimen of what they want them to be able to do. But more than that, you know, given the, the discussion we had last week, you're trying to make sure that you triage as much uh, injuries as you can and the best way to do that is to prevent it on the front end and that is where guys like Derek Keys and his group that is what they're doing on a weekly basis is not only trying to work out the kinks and make sure that they're they're staying healthy during the season but they're also trying to make sure that they're preventing as many injuries as possible by working on certain muscle groups and whether it's physically or even mentally getting them in the right headspace week to week. So a guy like Derek Keyes is doing more than just making sure a guy's lifting the weights that he needs to do. Yeah, and if you want to check out the interview with Tyler Williams from last week, he um, came here from the Rams. It's a good listen to right before you listen to this one as well. So I would definitely check that one out because I think they kind of go hand in hand, which is really kind of cool. But we'll get to that in just a second. The countdown is on, though. Training camp is just days away. The players are wrapping up their final days off before camp. The rookies and quarterbacks report on Sunday. Meanwhile, vets arrive on Tuesday, just ahead of the first training camp practice on Wednesday. And obviously, as we talked about earlier, the first time fans can come out is Saturday for the Back Together Day. So this show, just like every other sports media outlet, has been talking season. We've already kind of, you know... Talked about that actually a little bit as well. Seven months of uh, everything that's been going on. And the storylines, yes, January, man. Wow. Yes, the storylines have been just dissected every which way. So I thought that maybe as we head into training camp, instead of talking about that, we'll talk about maybe our most overlooked or underrated training camp storyline. And so, Gabe, I am going to pass the mic to you. What do you think is the most overlooked storyline of camp? Oh, it's got to be our outside linebackers, right? I'm just thinking about the Madden ratings. Everybody's talking about <laughs> yeah, the Madden are. ratings. All right, this guy's doing this, or this guy has this number. Daniel Hunter nor Zadarius Smith were in the top 10 Madden ratings when it came to defensive end slash outside linebackers. And we're talking about 105 sacks between these two guys that were drafted both in the 2015 NFL draft. So when you look at just those numbers alone, Daniel Hunter leads his draft class 
in sacks with 60. Zedaria Smith is fifth in that 2015 draft class with 44 and a half. I haven't even brought up DJ Wanham, who has 11 sacks and is, has a budding career. And then you got Patrick Jones, Janarius Robinson. We haven't seen him play. Just the the depth and the talent alone at that position, nobody's talking about it. And it's like, dude, yeah, we get it. Kirk <laughs> yeah. and JJ and Dalvin and all these they other guys. The offense, right, but yeah. like this outside linebacker group has has a chance to be the best outside linebacker group in the NFL. Like you got two all pro outside linebackers literally sitting there healthy, probably as healthy as they've ever been in their mm-hmm. life, ready to go attack Aaron Rodgers on week one. So that needs to be a, a topic of discussion closer to training camp as we as we get closer to how this thing is going to work out for this Vikings team. And nobody's talking about it. I, f- I feel like that's a, probably like a national thing, right? Like I feel like maybe here in Minnesota, we're well aware of what's going yeah. on there. And so let it be a secret to everyone else right. at this point. And like, rightfully so, right? Because yeah. people are like, well, these guys haven't been healthy the past couple yeah, of years. Yeah. But still... Like, dude, yeah. we got two, like, legit outside linebackers yeah. that a lot of opposing tackles are going to be scared of. Yeah, we're well aware of the potential. That's okay, the thing. Like, we've seen, we've seen what they can do. Yeah. The question is, the big, you know, yeah. elephant in the room mm-hmm. is, can they stay healthy? And I think that, again, goes back to whether it was Tyler last week or Keys this week. Like, mm-hmm. that is their job is to make sure that these two ridiculous specimens can stay <laughs> on the field and absolutely wreak havoc. Because if they can... It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. No, that was a good one, Gabe. Jay, can you – what are you going to give us? I'm essentially taking that exact same line, but I'm going from the outside to the inside. Okay. So, for me, it, it, it's kind of weird. You know, the, the stat keeps getting thrown around. Uh, if the Vikings hadn't let up scores in the final two minutes of the half and the end of the game, they'd oh, be 15-2 last year. Man. Exactly. <laughs> I think one of those areas, though, that is most intriguing to me is the middle linebackers of this 3-4 defense and the change in the Donatel defense. You have Eric Kendricks, who we all know what he can do. There's a lot of excitement around Jordan Hicks as well, mm-hmm. coming in as a signing. Anthony Barr is gone at this point, um, and he's still out there as a free agent. But in that, PFF ranked our inside linebackers as the number five group in the entire league behind the Niners, Colts, Saints, and Packers. So that's kind of a cool thing to look at and say you have two proven veterans here that everyone knows, but then what's behind them? Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of people that have some to little experience, And so what were to happen if these guys got injured or were out in some facet? You're looking at Troy Dye, Ryan Connolly, Blake Lynch, Chas Surratt, William Kenwiku, and rookie Brian Asamoah. Those are who are behind those two guys. So for me in camp, I want to see which group of those people jump out not only as kind of the fill-in or at least the people that are going to spell. We kind of look at Troy Dye or Blake Lynch and even Chas Surratt. They had some run last year. But – Who's going to be that player that's going to step up and solidify themselves as the third metal linebacker, let alone which ones of these guys are going to make the team special teams wise and be a contributor. So there's a lot of, uh, I think, expectations on a guy like Brian Asamoah as a rookie draft say, pick. I was going to say, a lot of people picked him as their like, standout at rookie camp and mini camp, but... Besides that, you're right, though. No one's really talking about it besides his potential there. And that's just it, as you're looking at the rookie, but you've got your Troy Dye, Connolly, Lynch, Surratt, who have equity, but they weren't with this defensive coaching staff. So, again, I'm I'm intrigued during camp Mm -hmm. to see what happens with this group. If the outside guys, you know, can jump up and do what they're supposed to do and you want to watch that, I think that entire four of the three, four defense is what I think a lot of people are going to be watching to see what happens because we, we think we know what that starting group is, but who's in the backup roles that are yeah. really going to jump out? No, Jay, you made a good point. Equity. Like they have so, I wouldn't say mileage, but 
they have so much experience behind Eric Kendrick and Jordan Hicks. And, and speaking of that, a guy in Brian Asamoah, that only forces him to get better. So even if he doesn't start, he's going to be learning from guys who have already seen it and from different defenses, from different offenses. So I think that that only makes that group better. And if you have, you know, a solid interior defensive line, those guys, it makes their job a lot easier. So this linebacker, I mean, that's a really good point. This linebacker unit, with all that experience, you can only expect them to make another step. All those guys in their career, especially like a Blake Lynch. But that's the thing that you see with these guys is is you have clear-cut starters in Kendricks and Hicks. The other guys have come in, they've all had potential. You know, they've in college they were the best of their group. But nobody has really jumped up to really take that mantle or when they're out there flash when they're playing that linebacker position. So that's the thing is who's going to take the next step. And if, you know, maybe Brian Asamoah has that physical talent to for him, it's going to be trying to catch up mentally to the speed of the game. If he can take that next level jump, he's going to leapfrog all of these guys that have this equity, which is, you know, something we're going to be excited about as fans at the same point. If he's still kind of trying to figure it out, especially during camp, let alone the beginning of the season of his first NFL season, which one of those kind of veteran backups is going to be the one that really helps shine during camp? That's that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, and bringing up those guys, it's kind of an interesting storyline because some of them are obviously used to Coach Zimmer. Some of them are used to their college coaches, and now they have Ed Donatel, who is very well known as being a teacher and you're not in this industry for as long as he has if you're not connecting with players adapting to their you know new generational learning styles I guess you could say a fancy word for that but I think that's an exciting group for sure Um, I'm actually going to go to the other side of the ball for my overlooked underrated training camp storyline because I do feel like the amount of questions in this whole entire team are there, obviously, probably the most than we've ever seen in recent years just because of the new coaching staff. But I think we all can agree we will see the Vikings pass the ball more. If you look at the Rams last season, they only um, ran the ball 40% of the time. But you got a guy like Dalvin Cook now. And so I'm going to go to the running back room because I think more than anything, I'm, I'm interested to see what will this coaching staff do with the run game after, you know, the expectation for this team is for it to really kind of be the bell cow uh, the last three, four seasons. So my question, what's the running game look like? Uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously the starter. You've got Alexander Madison back there. But I think for me, the other two names that are interesting that are kind of hanging out there are Kane Wangwu and Ty Chandler. And, you know, two recent draft picks, you got to think they have a fighting chance on the roster. And plus, Kane led the league in kick return touchdowns last season. So he's really carved his space out in special teams. So I'm I'm ready to see what they do with him. But what is Alexander Madison going to do this season? I mean, it's a contract year for this guy. Dalvin Cook obviously has had health issues, so it's always good to have something in the cupboard just in case he does get injured. But but when you see all these names, I mean, it's a, it's – the potential is there. I mean, you want to see it. I mean, Ty Chandler was great in college. I mean, he's a very versatile player. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's got speed. He has special team talent. Go Hills. So, I mean, <laughs> you know he was a volunteer for way longer, just saying. <laughs> what, have, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> uh, but he's from Nashville, actually, so I I appreciate that. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think for me that's pretty much what's most overlooked because we talk so much about – 
Kirk and this wide receiver room and oh is the offensive line like who's at right guard blah 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 but I'm like this running back room is an interesting mix of guys because then you also got CJ Ham what are they going to do with the fullback it's a running back battle for sure this year like for that number two spot like that that is an Alexander Madison spot as much as I love the guy like you, you got Kane Wangru here for a reason you draft a running back in the fifth round for a reason mm-hmm. he has to show up and show out and I feel like special teams is going to be a way for him to show up and show out usually in this Zimmer-led uh, team, the backup running back has never had to play special teams outside of kickoff return. So who's going to solidify a place on the, on the special teams unit? If that's Alexander Madison, he has a better chance of being the backup. If that's Kane, he has a better chance of being the backup. And I, I think this offense is built around the quarterback now, around Kirk, so there's going to be more pressure on Kirk. So honestly, I think <laughs> that ultimately helps Tyler and Derek Keyes because we, yeah. we, we won't see Dalvin – having 30 carries a game and running isos up the middle and being one-on-one with the linebacker. He's going to be out in space where when he catches the ball, he can either get hit or he can run out of bounds. So that backup running back position, it's it's up for grabs right now. So this is an underrated running back room because Curtis Mockins, he's got a really good problem to have. He's got a position battle, and that's what you want as a, a position coach and or a head coach. So you look at that and say, all right, Dalvin, you're the guy who's going to step up. Mm Mm-hmm. For me, it's the question of the Vikings have been a smash mouth running back team for basically my entire life. (laughs) That's not that long, Jay. Oh, (laughs) it feels like it every morning when I wake up. Um, Last year was like 20 years. But that's the thing is the Vikings have been known as kind of this smash mouth running back team. And so now the attitude of shifting it towards the new age Mm -hmm. NFL style of quarterback play and and getting people out in space, if that's what we're going to do, like they did with the Rams. It's exciting for a lot of people. But if you think about when Alexander Madison was drafted, you had Delvin, who was kind of your shifty back, and Alexander was seen as kind of this more bruising guy who could be the the short yardage guy and possibly hurdle a guy in space if he gets a chance. (laughs) I think now if you look at of the rest of them, Delvin is, is tough and he will get those kind of yards, but he's not seen as the guy who's going to be able to take that kind of punishment typically. You know, he's gotten hurt over the last few years. He's had those kind of issues. Alexander's had to step in. But if you look at the guys behind him, like you said, between Ty Chandler and Kane, those guys tend to be more shifty guys that you would think that they're not going to be potentially having to smash through and get three yards on a, on a, on a third and two situation. What does this offense look like? Is it going to be the thing of getting everyone out in space? And if that is, then Alexander's kind of a little bit stylistically a little bit of an odd man out in the typical frame of the everybody else is more of your shifty in space guy. But do you need that juxtaposition exactly. when you have short yardage situations like you mentioned? Exactly. So that's the question with these guys and especially with Alexander with it being a contract year for him. We've always we've, we've tended to have these dynamic running back kind of abilities where you have one guy who's a smash mouth and one guy who's been the shifty. Delvin is so good, you don't want to not have him on the field. So he's in the debate of, would you rather have Adrian in his prime or Delvin? A lot of people put, point at Delvin because he's more versatile. He can catch out of the backfield. He can do what he does. Can block. Exactly. So with all of these different elements, that is why this is intriguing as, as a, a camp piece is because Alexander's in, in the last year of his deal. What's his future going to be not only with us or potentially elsewhere if he doesn't resign with us? Because what is his role in this offense? So if the, if we do switch it to more of a shifty, twitchy offense, you know, Alexander's either got to fit in that mold, or you know, the everybody else is going to get more playing time. So yeah, that's a it's a huge thing to to pay attention to here in camp. Also, they have a lot of cute kids in that that room. Alex is a new dad. Oh yeah, Kane is a new dad. Motivation. 
<laughs> there, CJ's ham's got his little unit. Yep, there you go. I like that. I like that. I the like hammer that. unit. <laughs> I just I'm looking at Vikings.com. I didn't know Dalvin was only 26. Like he's in his prime right now. Like I don't. <laughs> whoa, that. Yeah, like, that's crazy. I mean, does that, I mean, we yeah. all we all feel we all felt that. But I'm just looking no, at. Like, but, but when you think of like the longevity of like a running back's career, like right. what you get more than three years, you're good. You hit 29, right. and you're he's, seen as kind of a, yeah. a vet, right. a huge you know aging vet at that point, which is crazy. But that's why I'm so excited about Dalvin this year, right? Because like this should be his best year of football. Like he's in his best year. If you look at the the longevity of a running back, when you know. If they had a 10 to 12 year career, year six or year seven is when they have like their peak year. So I think Vikings fans should be excited about that. And that is another point of this room is very overlooked because you have a running back that is in his prime and you have some young guys behind him that are budding in their career, starting Mm -hmm. to trend upwards. And they got a a running back, a top five running back in the NFL to, to learn from. So exciting times. Well, one guy who knows all those guys and works extremely close with all of them is Assistant Director of Player Performance, Derek Keyes, and he is our MVP guest this week. All right, now joining the Minnesota Vikings podcast, uh, a really good friend of the show, really good friend of mine, really good friend of this Minnesota Vikings team, uh, Mr. Derek Keyes, who just got a promotion to Assistant Director of Player Performance. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. So first things first, you got this promotion. What yeah. what what does that consist of? Because you've been here the past few years. We've seen you in the weight room. We know there's there's more than just a strength and conditioning coach. But now with this new title and this new uh, added responsibility, what does that look like enhancing this team? I am very, very excited for the promotion, um, you know, and, and I'm very excited that this organization trusted me that I deserved a promotion. Um, as we speak, I'm in school full time, so I graduate next month and I finish up my classes right now. So I had nice. to go through this process of going back to get my master's last year. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, That's appreciate a big it. accomplishment. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I appreciate it. So the NFL like changed the rule, um, I want to say like a year or two ago with the new CBA that you had to have a master's degree in order to uh, become a head guy mm-hmm. in your field. And, you know, I was kind of bummed out about it in the beginning, but you know, at the same time, I'm not against education. I'm not against learning more. I'm always, you know, super excited about learning new things. I'm a nerd at the end of the day. I might not look, might not look like <laughs> All it, but sports science guys kind of are. Aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm a super nerd, and you know, I, I love <laughs> football. Yeah, I love football, but outside of football, like, you know, I'm into history and the body and, and everything, and so very excited about the opportunity to to grow with the team once again. Uh, very excited that Tyler, Kevin O'Connell. Um, I work with Mike Patton in Cleveland, Quasey, all those guys trusted me to do a job for this organization that they know that I add value. That's right. You are a familiar face to these players. So now <laughs> you're heading your sixth season. You mm-hmm. you you said, you know, you weren't frustrated by the news about needing your masters, but what have you noticed about you're obviously at the doorsteps of graduating. What have you noticed about getting that degree that's maybe changed the way that you approach your job or you see the difference that it can make? moving forward for me I've always been like a a big picture thinker like um, I I see everything with the big picture and then the game of football and I work back from it so what are the demands of the sport how do I work back from it when it comes to getting a guy ready to play football so our goal is to to get the guys to the race every week right every week and so I'm a big picture thinker Um, I, I start there and so for me to go through that process going back to the basics and fundamentals a lot of times people don't realize how important that is. It's like, yeah, I went through school, 
you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, I know what I'm doing. You know, I've coached, you know, I've had all this experience. Like, I'm good, man. I'm fine. Right. But in reality, you know, the thing that you don't work on every year is the basics and the fundamentals. And mm-hmm. when you get away from it, um, you're doing yourself a disservice. And so for me to go back through that process of just like going through it again, you learn something new every time. Mm-hmm. It's been a crazy year for me because at the same time, when I started school, my wife got pregnant. Congrats, bro. And so. Big <laughs> year know, for you. Yeah, crazy <laughs> year. Full time, you know, 36 hours one year. Oh, my gosh. You know, baby on the way. So I'm managing baby, you know, the season and the entire thing. And all I could focus on was like, okay, how can I add value? How can I help my team? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I help these players? And um, for me, you know, I learned a lot more about leadership. Uh, different ways to approach it because I think that's very important these days. Yeah. Um, you know, in this game and in a changing environment, changing culture, the way football changes, um, I think leadership is, is very important. And a lot of people, they say, hey, well, if you got talent and you can coach, then you you should be able to do, you know, certain things. And my personal opinion is that I think leadership matters just as much as talent does because you can learn skill For as sure. a coach. Yep. You can learn skill as a coach, but it's it's tough to manage people. It's tough to manage personalities. And it's tough to be – the type of person who's going to come in every day with this mindset of like, okay, how can I think about everyone else and not myself? You know, how, how can I, how can I get my staff better? How can I get the players better? Um, you know, how can I cheer up this one person who I know is struggling with something very personal? Um, I'm a, I'm the type of coach that, you know, if, if you talk to any one of my players or probably anybody in the building that know me on this side, like I'm, I'm a straightforward person. You know, sometimes people like think that I'm unapproachable because I have a straight face all the time. In reality, I have a crazy sense of humor. Um, and my goal is that. to, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> I have a crazy sense of humor. <laughs> and, and, and my goal is to always be a good teammate because I played football my entire life. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to be successful at what I do is like, how can I be a good teammate to you? You know, I'm, I'm still in the process of, of dealing with football, so I still can be a good teammate while I'm in the building, while right. I'm in the organization. And so that's how I approach um, the, the daily aspect of work. We're going to talk football a little bit more, but how, how much has being a dad helped with being a leader? Uh, being a dad has helped me tremendously because, you know, people always say, oh, you know, having a child changes you. And it's like, yeah, you know, I get it. I know, right. you know, bills and all these things, <laughs> man. But <laughs> no sleep. Yeah, no sleep and all the stresses that come with it. But in reality, to like really um, see that you were a part of a process where, you're responsible for a human being that you made. Like, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like, this yeah. child is a part of me. This yeah. is my DNA. This is so weird to see this thing. And at the same time, be so motivated and mm-hmm. driven. Like, I have to protect my little girl. I got to protect. I'm a, I'm a daddy's, I'm a, I'm a girl dad, and mm-hmm. I love being a girl dad because I was very nervous about it. Because, you know, I've been a part of football my entire life. I was like, having a son is going to be easy for All me. Right. Bring him in the weight room. Life is good. What my dad did with me. But having a girl vape made me very nervous and made me shake to my core because it was like, man, I do not want to mess this up. Yeah. Like, I do not want to mess this up. I want to be the right type of person where, you know, she knows what it's like for a person to, to love a woman, to love her mom, to love her and, and treat her the right, right way. And so um, for her giving me that motivation every day when I go in and I deal with my players, I'm more patient. Mm. I'm more considerate. Um, I have more empathy. Um, that's incredible yeah really yeah it's, it's those little things on the other side of you that 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 uh come out of you that you didn't know that you had and um so I, I could say that my sensitive side came out a little bit more so you just posted a video on instagram of um 
you basically you working the players off this off working the players out this offseason and Tristan Jackson, receiver for the Vikings here, commented and basically said, motivator influencer. <laughs> How much of motivating and influencing goes into being a director, assistant director of player health and performance for the Vikings. I mean, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, like this is what we have to do because um, we're asking guys to come in and train and no one likes working out in reality. Mm-hmm. No Amen. one likes to put themselves <laughs> under stress. No one likes to come in and sweat and feel tired. No one likes to do that. And so for me, it's my job to convince guys that to say, hey, you know, this is going to help you throughout your career. This is this is where you plant the seeds, mm-hmm. um, you know, every day investing in your body to become a great player on the field. And so for me, my approach, like I say, is I build with the guys one-on-one. I wanna know about you. I wanna, I wanna know where you're from. I wanna know how many brothers and sisters you have. I wanna know about your experience with football. How did you get into it? What's your favorite sport outside of it? I'm the type of person who likes to create dialogue and, and have subjective information so that I can deal with someone to, mm. to grow with them. You uh, come in here as being, like I mentioned earlier, a familiar face for these guys, but there mm. are a lot of faces around here that are brand new to them, mm-hmm. um, new to you. And obviously, as you mentioned, really have accepted you and have put a lot of faith and trust in you. Mm-hmm. How has getting to know this new sports science performance and kind of and, and watching all of the I mean, to be to be fair, watching all of the titles change and kind of figure out this new way that things are being run around here? Um, to be completely honest with you, I am super excited about this this entire process and and uh, what we are a part of right now, and like I said, I want to give so much detail, but I can't I can't give you all of it. I get it. I can't, no, I can't you can't give, give, you give all the secrets. Of it. I can't no, give you the, no. the secrets. Um, but I can tell you this: I interviewed with the Rams two years ago for the head job, and so I met Tyler one on one for about an hour. And when we met, we hit it off instantly because I was I came in and I just started rattling off. Yeah, I'm familiar with this. I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with this. I work with this part. He pulls up this big screen and it's a player. Anything that you can think of from from that type of information on a player. And basically, like you would see an ESPN game, you would mm-hmm. see a guy up and you'd have all his measurements. Yeah. Basically, that's what he pulled up to me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like this is insane. And he's like, this is our approach. When I saw it, the the, the light bulb went off for me. And when I heard that he was coming here and had a chance to contact him when he first got here and he just said, hey, you know, he, he was straight up and honest with me. And that's what I, I respect about him. Mm. And, and he's a man of his word. And that's what I respect about a lot of these guys that are here right now is that, hey, I got a plan for you. I'm going to show you the plan. So he pulls me in the office, shows me his plan that he has for me personally and my development and my growth as a coach. And, um, you know, like I said, once again, made me super excited because mm. I know we're 10 years ahead of the NFL. Mm. In, wow. my per, in my personal opinion, I've been in the NFL going on 10, 11 years. I can tell you guys this. I've been in the NFL going on 10, 11 years. I've worked for seven head strength coaches um, in this business. I've worked for three different organizations, won a lot of games, lost a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And the approach um, to the way we approach sports performance and um, dealing with managing player and managing load, it's 10 years ahead of everyone. Mm. And I can honestly say that hands down. If anybody wanted to debate me about it, we can do it. Man, do that, do that off air. You won't get that from us. Do, do, do that off air, but I don't, I don't think they will win that debate. To be, to be honest with you, because just, just understanding what this new regime brings to this, this organization and how that's going to affect on the playing field, you look at that and say, okay, you, I know your, your office is in the weight room. Um, you, 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 
focus a lot on strength and conditioning. I know that's not the. I, I feel like I'm disrespecting you by saying strength and conditioning. Yeah, yeah, and you know but what? Like, like it's not disrespectful. Like I've been around in my entire life. Everyone has different names for it. Right. Like high performance, you know, right. strength conditioning, you know, mm-hmm. performance enhancement. There's so many different names and how people approach it. And to be honest with you, some of those names are completely different. Mm-hmm. Like some of those names are completely different with uh, guys' approach to how they do things. So, so how would you describe it? Um, you know, for me, performance is all encompassing. Mm-hmm. It's not just weight room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's return to play. It's managing player load. It's the sports science. Um, it's nutrition. It's all of it. Mm-hmm. And so, like I say, uh, from Tyler's aspect, you know, what he's doing for me is that he's teaching me. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that because if someone's willing to sit down and show you everything, then, man, you, you really have to really respect them because yeah. a lot of people in this business, they won't do that. And so for me, like, I'm very excited about being able to, to work with these guys. Have you had – well, I know you had to because I don't want to ask any names, but I'll, I'll bring up Harrison Smith because I asked, I asked you about him the other day. And I was like, how are some of these guys in the weight room? How, can, how do you, you know, let those guys work but, like, save them from themselves? Because, you, I mean, you were saying, like, Harrison Smith and you're, what, he's in double-digit years. You still have to save him from himself. Yeah, so Harry's a, a very unique guy. Um, with his approach to the weight room, and he he likes to train on his own um, outside of the building. When he goes back to, to Tennessee, he spends a lot of time in Tennessee, and he has a, a trainer that he's been working with since high school. And, um, you know, he has that comfort with, with him because his trainer always challenges him to do, you know, things that are not traditional. Mm-hmm. And so when he comes in, it's like, all right, Harry, like, <laughs> you know, let's put that down, you know. <laughs> you know, he's but he's very – it's crazy what he can do because he's so acrobatic, man. Like people, you know, they think, oh, because of his age, Harry is a freak. He's sharp, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People, if people think that this guy lost a step, you're you're sleeping right now. Mm. He is he is very special because he's a true professional in the way that he takes care of his body and the way that he approaches the game when it comes to film and all those things. I can give you a story. I remember one day we got back late um, from a game and like maybe three, four o'clock in the morning. And he came in the following day and I was like, oh, what, you know, what did you do? Did you get a chance to get to sleep? He was like, no, I, I called my massage therapist over and she gave me a massage for like two, three hours and then I went to sleep. And I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like you got a massage as soon as you got home after mm-hmm. we got off the plane? Next level. You know, mm-hmm. That's next level. A lot of guys yeah. won't do that. Yeah. And he felt like he needed it. And so, you know, he's that type of person that's going to really be in tune with his body and, and know how to take care of himself. And let's just be clear. It's not like a massage that, like, is going to feel great at that point. No, like, this that's, is like. Those are the ones yeah, that yeah, hurt. Yeah, like, it's no, not this like something like that's tissue. nice. Like, yeah, this is yeah. not a, hey, I'm here to relax you. No, this right. is like deep tissue. Mm-hmm. Let me get the soreness out. After you play get a the game. Kinks out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, just wanted you. to make that clear because yeah. I think that might be a common yeah. misconception because yeah. that's why this is that, that story significant. These guys can deal with pain, man. Like, their pain tolerance is insane yeah. it's a car wreck every week when rookies come in they don't really know their body like that so what is the balance of a veteran guy he knows his body in year eight year nine year ten versus a rookie guy that's working out with this veteran guy that's still trying to figure out where he belongs on this team as far as like getting his strength up yeah i think uh from a lot of rookies when they come in they, they feel the need to, to prove themselves mm. and so they can be overzealous sometimes they want to come in and lift the weight room their yeah. first day and it's like hey we're not going to approach it like this mm-hmm. we need to play football <laughs> we're not we're not here to win the world wrestling you know federation championship of weightlifting we're not doing that um, <laughs> we want you to play football yeah. and so uh, some of these guys can get overzealous but they're not too bad because i can tell you what colleges are doing right now because they're uh getting a little bit more uh hip to sports science 
I think they do a great job of like introducing things to players. And so by the time they get here to us and, you know, it's time for us to, to measure, it's great compliance. In the past, guys would be totally against it. Five, six, seven years ago, oh, no, nah, man, you're not, I'm not putting that GPS on. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're trying to do this to me. And in reality, we're trying to protect you and save you and prolong your career. Mm -hmm. And so um, with the rookies, um, the only difference is having a strategic plan of how do you go about your weekly uh, process. Mm. I think that's the difference. Like professionals, I do this on Mondays, I do this on Tuesdays, I do this on Wednesdays. Like every week, weekend, they have everything mapped out. These guys are very detailed. What year do players figure it out? Like figure their bodies out? It's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. And my personal opinion is like always like week three for, I mean, okay. not year three for, for a lot of guys. Like year three, some guys kind of have their, um, their, their system in place to say, hey, you know, I like to do this type of training, I like to go to, to this trainer. Um, you know, I want to get a massage on this day. I want to do Pilates on this okay. day. Um, you know, I want to do recovery on this day. And, and that's where, you know, having Tyler and the rest of the, the performance staff, and I'm going to shout all these guys out in a minute, um, having the, the rest of the performance staff, we, get them a, we give them a sustainability plan of how to go about doing things. And I think, you know, that's where we come in and teach these guys. During OTAs or, or having the guys in the building for involuntary workouts, then going into mandatory mini camp, has there been one person that really sticks out as really embracing this new mindset or at least benefited maybe the most from this new staff coming in, kind of injecting this newer way of things? Um, I think it's going to be the veteran guys. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys have been here for a long time. Uh, you know, in the past, um, you know, things were done a, a little bit more traditional. And a lot of guys in the NFL – they're they're kind of they're kind of against the traditional way because they feel like um, that it wasn't saving them in their career. They feel like they were getting hurt in the off season, and mm -hmm. they wanted to play for the season. They wanted to be ready and prepared. And um, for us, our approach to the way we do things, as far as you know, training, practice, the entire uh, part of performance. Um, you know, the the older guys are always gonna, I think, in my personal opinion, gonna embrace it more. For sure, yeah. it's a good. It's a good to have that attitude change from the top down too, as far as veterans and and rookies not really knowing mm -hmm. and just buying in because the veterans are buying in. Right and right, and I'll tell you this about our veterans: our, our veterans still work like they work really really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of our veterans are overzealous guys sometimes too, where you got to like <laughs> stop them from going too heavy, you know, too fast. Like mm -hmm. I remember the first day, the first week we came in and we were doing like an upper body lift, and I got guys. You know, they're going above 315, and we're doing, like, sets of six. And I'm like, hey, hey, man, hey, hey, let's ease into this process. I don't know where you guys come from. You guys haven't been with me for two months. That's one thing in the past that I've dealt with with some teams yeah. is that some veteran guys don't feel like they don't, they don't need to work anymore. And that's where you um, – when you get complacent is where you're probably going to find yourself out. Get past I up. love Kobe Bryant. I love Jordan and those guys and their mindset and their approach to the way they train. And the way they go about things to, to win a championship is – in my personal opinion, the, the best I've been around, in, uh, the best I've seen in sports mm -hmm. as far as like uh, doing research on guys and when it comes to mindset and, and getting ready to be an athlete. Do you send these players home with a, a workout plan or do you let them kind of figure it out based off of their bodies with their trainers? First and foremost, you know, there are guys. This is this is our team. And so we send them home with uh, detailed instruction on what you should do from here to when you get back to training camp. Okay. And so Josh put Josh Hinks, the the, the director, um, he put together a great plan, and he sat down with 
me, Marquise, Dan, our sports scientists, and we went over the plan of like, okay, how are we going to approach the summer training? Um, what do we need to do leading back up to training camp? Like I always say, look at the big picture, work back from the demands of the game. What do we need to do to get ready for training camp? And so we sat down, came up with a strategic detailed plan, um, went over the entire plan with the entire performance team. And that's something I haven't done in the past where, you know, hey, Tyler, we need to talk about this. Hey, Uriah, we need to talk about this. Um, anybody that's a part of the process where we have guys who are injured here right now, like we are very structured in the way and, and very organized in the way that we do things that our days are mapped out, our weeks are mapped out, that they have a detailed plan going into training camp. I mean, I'm pretty sure that everyone listening now can just see how passionate you are about this and yeah. just the excitement that honestly, yeah. like you you have exuded excitement about this whole system, which, which for fans should also make them really excited to see the results in the field yeah. and, and hopefully, you know, a turnaround to what has been happening in recent years, as far as the number of injuries yeah. and, and yielding more wins. Yeah. Yielding more wins. <laughs> that's, that's always the goal. And I, that's I what think, you're in the business of, yeah. right? For sure. We're not just winning, winning, like, but winning a, a championship. Yeah. <sighs> You know, a lot. I think a lot of people, like that's a misconception. Where it's like, oh yeah, I just I just want to compete. I just want to win games. Mm -hmm. No, I want to win a championship. Mm -hmm. I'm here to win a Super Bowl. Like yeah. when I go to work every day, I'm thinking about trying to win a Super Bowl. That's why I was so excited for Tyler to come because he just won a Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, he knows Kevin what it just takes. won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, Josh, our director, he won a Super Bowl in Philly. A lot of our coaches have won Super Bowls. They know what it takes. Mm -hmm. And so to be around a, a big umbrella of those guys and learn from those guys. It's like, what better way to, to do that? You know, Super Bowl has to be the number one thing that you think about when you come to work every day. For sure. Opinion. No doubt. No doubt. You well, know. thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. <laughs> no, the thank you for new it. assistant director of yeah. player performance, thank you Derek for Keys. Me. No, this has been great. Anytime you want to come talk about it, we'll yeah, have yeah, you. We can we'll talk, have we you. We talk all day. Like, you know, that's why guys love me in the weight room, too. I'll, you know, I'll talk their head <laughs> off, you know, depending on how I feel if I got enough caffeine in me. So. Oh, sure. caffeine or not, you're going to be talking. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate you, man. For sure. Thank no, you, you have a great sense me. of humor. Straight yeah. face, but great sense of humor. Yes, That's what's I got a great sense of humor. <laughs> I'm a funny guy. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Big thank you to Derek Keyes for taking the time to speak with us. Just, as you said, Gabe, I like the analogy you used earlier, just a life coach for these guys but also just looking out for the good of them as people and as players. And that's that's what counts in this building, for sure. I think that's, I mean, that's obviously why you keep someone like that on, despite a, a coaching shift. You, you need that in every department, whether that's VN or marketing or activation and on the football side. And I feel like Keys is a staple for this Minnesota Vikings football team, and it's only going to continue to be shown as this Vikings team continues to elevate throughout the season. I just think it sh tends to show reputation has helped him. You know, he's earned his reputation here. He's been able to survive and, and go through those different changes. And I think a lot of times the the voice of the player is somebody that they also kind of uh, survey just to see, you know, how you feeling about who, who, who do you like working with? Who do you think is really helping you? And the fact that he survived this long through these changes, uh, I think, speaks volumes for, for his reputation at this point. So it's great to have him still in the building. He brings that former player mindset. Standout running back himself at Louisiana Lafayette. Shout out Raging Cajuns. Uh, but it is, is really nice to see him in the building and for him to take the time to talk to us. We hope that you've enjoyed getting to know our coaches and staff a little bit better throughout this summer. But guys, I mean, the players get here Sunday. So go time. It is go time. This will be our last podcast 
with no players in the building. So excited to see what we have in store for you guys as training camp kicks off. So just to make sure, make sure that you are ready to go, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can download the Vikings app if you don't already have it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, bookmarkvikings.com, whatever you need to do to keep up to date on everything Minnesota Vikings as we kick off the 2022 training camp, which I feel like I should just say kicks off really the 2022 season. I'm excited, yeah. guys. I mean, this is what we've all been waiting for. One day closer. One Hall of Fame day. games coming for the league. We're yeah. you know, 49 days out from the uh, official kickoff to the NFL season. Yeah, it's definitely oh, go time. One more full week without football for the rest of the year. I'm excited about Yahtzee. that. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Be sure to head over to Vikings.com slash training camp to get your tickets. Gabe, Jay, and I hope to see you guys out there. It all begins next week. Back together Saturday on July 30th. Woo! <laughs>